You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Today's guest is Bob Faby, founder and CEO at Faby Insights. Throughout their conversation, Bob helps us to see the dignity in all humans. Let's listen in. Bob, thanks for being on No Gray Areas. This podcast, um, as I was sharing with you, this podcast is really about a book a friend of mine wrote, a story that's being made into a, a movie. It's about character issues, the choices that we make, good or bad, um, kind of a cautionary tale, but also a redemptive story. But you are someone, we've known each other for quite a while. In Been fact, a while. We grew up in the same town. Yep. Um, it's a funny story there. But uh, tell us a little bit about your life. Like, you're from Missoula, Montana. That's right. Yep. The best, the last best place. Yes. Is what we say in yes. Montana. Yeah. I, um, I'm happily married at 26 years so to Amy. Congratulations. And thank you very much. And uh, two kids, uh, 21 and 19. I'm yeah. trying to learn how to parent through that season. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, been uh, been in the ministry world for almost 30 years now in uh, different capacities um, for the last 10 years. I'm happily been an Anglican and I'm an Anglican priest. Yeah. Um, so I'm not wearing my collar today. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I get to function. You're that always way. wearing your collar. I'm always wearing the collar. On. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. And you wrote a book, mm-hmm. uh, fascinating book, an yeah. interesting book. In, <laughs> in fact, especially if someone could see the cover. So for the listeners, the title of the book is "Not My Jesus." Mm-hmm. And um, if you describe the cover, how would you describe it? Well, it would be a collection of how our culture looks at Jesus. Uh, so you know, hipster glasses and cigarettes and coffee and uh, political kind of stuff on yeah there. yeah so, uh, probably a, a picture that they've never really seen of jesus i like would think he's holding that's true. a cell phone he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth holding a starbucks coffee mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah but on the back of the book here, here's what it says understanding who he is jesus and who he is not is the key to knowing ourselves and how we are to live mm. that's a pretty bold statement yeah. yeah 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 what do you mean by that well what happens i think primarily for christians uh, but also for non-christians is that we think we have an idea about who jesus is and then we function from that idea and for many people um they believe that jesus is there for um hey he's really great he forgives me i get to go to heaven this is going to be perfect and then my job then is to judge everyone and jesus can love them when in fact, I bet a lot of our audience are not just, in great I agreement. Know, yeah. I know, right? So, and and so, in fact, what's true is that is that Jesus is the judge. That's who He is, and then He's asked us to love people. So, love God, love your neighbors. This great commission, great commandment, and then even love your enemies. So, almost and reverse what we often do, right? Right, exactly. And so, yeah. if Jesus is our true north, and we say, well, let's take what we do from Him and from who he is, and then allow him to give us our identity. It shapes everything about us. And for those people who don't know Christ yet, what I think it means is that he's He's there, and that's who he is. And then it's like, hey, listen, you don't know this yet, but you were made in his image, and you're beautiful, and you're amazing, and you, you have the opportunity to reflect a good and loving God to a world that desperately needs it. Well, that that shapes people's lives in a, in a wonderful way. Yeah. So why did you write this book? Well, honestly, I, I tried not to. <laughs> I kept really? I kept putting it off. I thought I yeah. don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to write a book. Um, and and you have to ask the question: Are you a speaker who writes, or are you a writer who speaks? I would say I'm probably a speaker who writes. So writing isn't necessarily my first serve. So 
I really realized that this was something that I think was out of obedience. It was like, I need to keep doing this. And every time I tried not to do it, it was like, no, you need to write this. But hopefully it's a way for people to engage in the fact that our culture is saying things about who Jesus is and who Christians are and how they're supposed to behave. And hopefully it's a way for people to look at and go, well, why don't we take the scripture seriously? And let's let's take our guide from that versus our culture. Yeah. Do you think do you think it's more than just our Western culture? Do you think most cultures yeah, struggle every with every single every yeah. single one of them? Yeah. yeah. So I, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because I think in the in the book I talk about being yeah. in Africa yeah. and you seeing do. the Holy Family, and yeah. the Holy Family is black. And it's of course it is because that's how people think about the Holy Family. Yeah. Well, chances are Mary wasn't and that kind of thing, but yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. 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 So we, so if you're a surfer, you have kind of the surfer dude. Jesus, <laughs> that's right? right. That's right. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we almost create Jesus in our own image. Exactly. What are the dangers of that? Well, I think you wind up creating echo chambers is what happens. So, so you just, you think of Jesus a particular way and that Jesus likes you and you're like Jesus. And so there's no problem. And then you wind up creating people around you and people just kind of flock to that version of Jesus. So you wind up with this, this echo chamber mm-hmm. where Jesus would never think that way or Jesus wouldn't act that way. And everybody around you agrees. Well, in fact, there's a multiple different ways of looking at that situation. Yeah. And it could be that you're wrong. Wow. So what what uh, what's come out of this? Like from writing well, this one? <laughs> lots of conversations <laughs> yeah. for sure. Probably yeah. just from the cover of the book. A lot just from the yeah. cover of the book. I think I think there's been a lot of fruit that's come out of it that I've been really pleased about. And primarily in the fact that I've had really meaningful conversations with an awful lot of people. Yeah. I've spoken in churches, obviously, and 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 used the book as as that. And people are curious because of the cover. They say, Well, you know, what is this about? But mm-hmm. the cover is a tell. Right. Mm-hmm. So if somebody looks at the cover and they go, well, I won't read that. Well, that tells me everything I need to know about your version of Jesus. Yeah. And whether or not it's actually the biblical Jesus yeah. or not. And so so the and, conversation. And are, do you mean do you mean from that that if they're probably going just from the cover? Yeah. They're probably admitting if they're offended by it, that they are, they have a cultural Jesus. They do. And they're unaware of it. Well, or or in their culture, Jesus may be that that. Oh, well, I, oh, so here's an example. So I was on a radio program um, and doing an interview about the book. I think it was in the South. And uh, this guy was talking to me and, and he was saying, um, so Bob, you know, about your book cover, he says, uh, you got Jesus doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And, yeah. and he says, and maybe the worst thing is that you gave him a cigarette. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think I understand why that's problematic. I said, but I think it's worse that I gave him blue eyes and light skin. Wow. And it was just radio silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I thought, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't mean to have a gotcha moment with the guy. But what happened was, is that, is that he assumed that Jesus looks just like him. And so he just overlooked the fact that I made him white and gave him blue eyes. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, we all do this. Let's, let's, let's take it seriously. Let's think about how I've made Jesus in my image. Yeah. And then, and then peel that back and let him speak to me about yeah. that. So that's been part of my journey is is you and I have friends have talked it's it's been transforming for me mm. to start recognizing that I had a cultural Jesus didn't realize it necessarily mm-hmm. but I had a cultural Jesus and I'm still trying to come out of that yeah I'm still trying to peel back blinders that I may have yeah things that I was taught um sometimes subtly even right? in the church right yeah yeah well, right yeah, yeah so. mostly in church well and then if if I'm if I'm honest and humble enough, I'd probably say that I've taught sometimes. You bet. Guaranteed, I've mm-hmm. taught some cultural things about Jesus that weren't necessarily true. Right. 
Yeah. And I think, I think we will all fall into that category when we, when we choose not to kind of take a pretty hard look at yeah, it. Yeah. And it's been helpful, I think, over the past several years where, where people have had the opportunity to speak into that a lot more, whether it's yeah. people of color or other places and, and, yeah. and say, Hey, this has been my experience. And you go, Whoa, yeah. um, we need to reevaluate this a little bit. Yeah. Not, not from the fact that Jesus is Messiah, um, but, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to me? And mm-hmm. how do I not make him just, you know, yeah. the white version of what that means? Well, that has led you into another book that you're mm-hmm. working on, right? Mm-hmm. And something that I, you just, you just ooze this, <laughs> this comes out of you, this idea of dignity. Mm. And um, so I guess you said you wrote the first book out of obedience. Yeah. Uh, you're a speaker, first writer, second. Right. But here you are writing another one. I know. Right? I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but man, anybody that knows you, Bob, mm. is so perfect for you because mm. that's it's just it's the core of who you are is believing in the dignity of people. So mm. so what is this book about? Act, dignity, obviously. But yeah. dig into it a little bit, and then why did you have to write this one? Yeah. Well, I think it was an outworking of the first one, um, and I was trying to answer some questions that that I was asking about the first book and primarily I mean if we if we say as Christians people are made in the image of God and that everybody's made in the image of God then we have to take seriously how we interact with one another and when you watch how the world interacts with one another it doesn't look that differently than how the church is interacting with the world and that's really troubling okay I don't I want to make sure no one missed what you just said okay um because that's that's so good. Mm. You're saying if we we believe that we're created in the image of God, that's mm-hmm. what we as as Christians or Jesus followers would claim. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that we don't often act that out very well. Right. Yeah. And in, in fact, I think that if the church actually did that really well, that it would be a place that people would come running to when they need it. And that when culturally we experience so much tumult, that the people would look at the church and they would say, those are the kinds of people I want to be with. And they're the kind of people I want to be like. Um, so and I tie think, dignity and being created in the image of God together. So the way that I think about that is, is that I think Jesus affirmed the dignity in people in, in many different ways and settings. But you take somebody like Zacchaeus, for instance, who for most people is behaving in all the wrong ways. And Jesus says, I see you. I want to spend time with you. And never once does he talk to him about his behavior. He just spends time with him in a way that's meaningful. And I'm not saying that we can't say things about people's behavior. There's a big difference between behavior and identity. And that's part of the problem, I think, too, is that so, people... So, we, yeah, 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 I'll try to unpack yep, that unpack a little bit. That. I that's saw your good. eyebrows go down. Yeah, like, wait, yeah. this is why I hang <laughs> so, out with you, Bob. I always learn from you. <laughs> so, so I think part of the challenge is that is that people can behave in different ways. And that's how respect is earned or lost. So... I can respect how people behave, um, or I cannot respect how people behave, but I will always treat them with dignity because dignity is an identity. So for instance, if somebody says, you will respect me, I think you've already lost respect because you're demanding it (laughs) and you've done nothing to earn it. Yeah. Or you haven't done something that makes sense to me that would cause me to go, wow, I really respect that. Whether that's how somebody mourns or how somebody loves or how somebody behaves, you know, whatever the thing may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what happens is, is that I can look past somebody's behavior. I don't have to talk to them about that in order to treat them as if they were made in God's image. 
So I have, I've literally said to strangers, I mean, you know me well enough. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of mm-hmm. thing I wind up doing. Yeah. I, I've literally said to people, I know you better than you do. Wow. Because I know who made you. Yeah. And I know why they made you. And it's yeah. to uniquely reflect him to the rest of this world around us. Yeah. And so, so people inherently have the dignity it is, simply because their identity and their identity is they're creating the image of God. That's right. We're and the if, pinnacle of God's creation. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And so that needs to be the basis for our interaction with everyone, including family members and people we don't agree with and people we don't like. Yeah. Period. So when you're hanging out with me mm-hmm. and I do something that makes you lose respect, mm-hmm my behavior mm-hmm. you don't respect me because of my my inappropriate behavior perhaps but that doesn't change my identity or the my my worth or my dignity that's what you're saying right and and so if you were to behave in a manner that i don't agree with i could just simply call it a behavior instead of pat yeah and that's what we often do as human beings isn't it well not, we not just as christians call people names beings. and we just objectify people yeah. so so i in the first book i have a whole chapter about objectification and i'm writing about that again because that's i think part of the problem but so so my my argument in in with regards to dignity is from a christian perspective is that is that this has to be based in god's image the imago dei you know the, the ancient church as well yeah you know, so imago dei image explain of that god. if someone heard that didn't know okay uh, it means the image of god okay. it's just latin yep makes people think they're smart yeah yeah so so but, but that comes from again the very beginning very of the narrative beginning. where right. where god says out of all of his creation we as humans were created yeah. in his image that's right yeah and so so that's embedded in christianity and i think that that's the reason for the growth of christianity in the first couple mm-hmm. centuries and you know that's a whole other story from from if you take that though and you say okay well what if i don't believe in jesus um what's the case and i think there's people out there like uh, donna hicks who's written about dignity where she argues from a secular standpoint that people have dignity um, and she'll use actually evolutionary biology in order to get there to talk about the dignity of people. So my thought was, um, coming out of this book, I thought, you know, if we're, if we're going to talk about how we need to be with one another and how we need to love people and how we need to treat them well, um, I want to have two two coins, uh, two two sides of the same coin to say this this coin is about dignity. I'm taking my lead from Jesus. Other folks are going to take their lead from other place. Doesn't matter to me as long as dignity is the thing. Yeah. So. Let's get a little political here in sure. a sense mm-hmm. to just give, you know, myself and the audience, mm-hmm. I guess, some practical ways to live, to live this out. So mm-hmm. right now, all you have to do is get on social media and turn sure. the news. Yep. And there's a lot of different opinions about how we handle this mm-hmm. COVID and all these other things. Yep. If we were treating each other with dignity and you and I had a completely different understanding on how we should handle one of those things, what would it look like? Um, are we both Christians? Um, okay, let, let's do argue both. <laughs> let's say at first, yes, we are. Okay. And, then, and then the next one, I want to say um, you are and I'm not. Sure. So the reason I ask that question is because um, I have a different answer. Um, if you're a Christian and I want to know from you what it looks like you know, to practice dignity, we have to take the scripture seriously. So that has to be our our basis and yeah. just the period. Like that's going to yeah. change how we, how we yeah. look at this. So, but so, so let's say you're an anti-max. Yep. You don't want to wear masks and yeah. I want to wear masks. Okay. <laughs> That's so it. Do you want to wear a mask? I want to wear a winter mask. You don't want to wear. Okay. Because you're going back to it. It doesn't change. Well, why would that change how I treat you? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't. 
I'm in creating the image of God. You're That's creating right. the image of God. Yeah. And is this a matter of division for brothers and sisters in Christ? Mm, it's not from the scriptures. Yeah. That's there's nowhere in the scriptures that says COVID is why you should divide. So are you sure? I'm pretty sure. So yeah. people who are yeah. leaving churches over COVID mandates, I, I think there's yeah. There's a different You're issue saying though. that as an Anglican priest. <laughs> I am saying that as a Christian okay. and an I'm Anglican take, priest. And I, I would agree with you. I would yeah. agree with you. But okay. you get what I'm saying, and I, and I, I know I that it's awkward because it's like, I don't care if you wear a mask or not. Yeah. If you choose, fine. Yeah. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. If you choose, that's okay. But that's where this gets really practical, our mm -hmm. conversation, because yeah. this is a very heated discussion right yeah. now, and this is where practically we we, we, we play out this dignity. Yeah. This, well, uh, it's so fear-based, honestly, Pat, and and whether people think it's fear because of the media or whatever, but it's like, what am I afraid of? And uh, well, I'm afraid of getting sick. Okay, you should wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. If if you're really afraid, that makes sense. But we also have to recognize that the scriptures say, "Perfect love casts out fear." Yeah, I'm perfectly loved by Christ. I don't need to convince you of anything. We're and, good. And if we go back to the basis of it all, it's just treat each other with dignity, regardless it's, of right. So then, so if, if somebody's not a Christian, yeah, yeah. yeah well, so if somebody's not a Christian, and they're let, let's just say that they, that they're upset with me because I'm choosing to wear a mask, and they're uh, and and what I would say is, well, what would it look like for me to love you? Hmm. Yeah, and just let them answer. Yeah, and say, okay, I can do that, or maybe I can't, but I want to show you that I love you. You know. This is a side issue, but Bob, this is what you're really good at. You do this with me when we meet. You ask a question, then you just leave it hanging there. <laughs> Sometimes I'm really uncomfortable because I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if I know the right answer. That's not great for podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Awkward no, but pause. It's, it's actually, I've learned a lot from you about mm. conversation mm -hmm. and how to do conversation well, because you're really good at that. You ask some very good, deep questions mm. and... Um, You've coached me in some ways oh, really well with that. that. So, yeah, I appreciate that. So how does someone uh, get a hold of you? How does someone connect with you? You've got you've got a second book coming out, mm -hmm. and I can't recommend. I mean, the first one I read, Not My Jesus, so good. It, it's helped transform some of my thinking. you got another one coming out. How mm -hmm. do they connect? Um, well, I, I mean, I'm on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I have bobfaby.com if you want to go there and check that out. Okay. Um, on the business side, I have the Faby Insights um, webpage. You can Faby check that out. Faby Insights. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And the book is actually at the editor. So the working title is Dignity Wins. But I may find out. I'm going to meet my editor here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I may find out that I need a new title and I have to rewrite the entire yeah. thing. You never know. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all right. That happens with movies and books all the time, right? right? So, yeah. man, I really appreciate it, Bob. And maybe when you get that book out, I'll have you back on and talk more about that's this very, very important issue. But, that'd be great. But I, I end every podcast with the guests and it's fun because it's ironic with this no gray areas. I'm mm -hmm. going to ask you to lie to me okay. and the audience to try to figure out two truths and a lie about yourself. So we, okay. they've, they've been listening to you for about 20 minutes. See if they can guess Okay. the lie. Go okay. ahead. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Um, so do you want me to tell you which one's which? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have placed Mr. Potato Head in the middle of Red Square in Soviet Russia. Okay. Okay. I. <laughs> That's so great. I have, um, how do I put it? I'm just going to say the word naked. Um, I was naked in an Eskimo hut in a binome Alaska in a sweat lodge. Okay. And I have previously owned an ice cream stand in Western Montana. Oh, man. 
see the audience is gonna this is tough for them but i know you i i'm mm -hmm. gonna say i can totally see you placing a mr potato head <laughs> i'm gonna say that's the truth okay yes it is okay yep it was hilarious by the way yeah so i had a mr potato head because the kids it was around the time the gnome was was taken um, from somebody's yard and it showed up around the world. Yeah. So I did that with a Mr. Pota Mr. Potato Head. You just I, started... took, I took pictures of him at the Eiffel Tower. I took pictures of him everywhere and then <laughs> right there in Red Square. Yeah, you were trying to have Mr. Potato Head become as famous as the I, It didn't work. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head's way cooler. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one was you were naked in an igloo sweat lodge up in Alaska. Yeah. It wasn't an igloo, but yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, um, and then an and ice cream stand. I owned in an ice cream Montana. stand oh, in Western Montana. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say the uh, the sweat lodge was a true one. It is true. Yeah, yep. I was up by up by Nome and trying to get clean. And the way you get clean is you go into a. It's called a Malkek. Yeah, and it's really hot. Yeah. yeah, was that you were recently up there speaking to a men's group? Was so I was, recently? but that wasn't recently. Yeah, okay. so I was I was up there in February speaking in a men's yeah. retreat, and then but I had done that, and um, man, it would have been 90, 94, 95. Yeah. It was a while ago. That's great. So yeah. you never did own an ice cream stand? No, because yeah. I'm a terrible business person. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give the ice cream away. You would eat Somebody it. would look. No, yeah. I'd, I'd, oh, I don't care for it. Away. I'd yeah. just give it away. I'd be like, yeah, I believe you look in like your you dignity. Want. That's right. Yeah, I would just be like, you look like you want some ice cream. Here you go. You would. You would. I would see that. Well, Bob, thanks so much man uh really appreciate it uh and can't wait for your new book to come out thanks so yeah. thank you my friend you bet thank you thanks for listening to the no gray areas podcast to dive deeper into the story be sure to subscribe follow us on social media and check out no gray